0: And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag H-I-T-S-M and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 13 years of Health IT blog content at healthcareittoday.com. Ready to talk about access to medical records, a hot topic?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's going to be yeah, quite fun yeah. today. It's uh, definitely something that has been in the news and always a perennial uh, hot topic at conferences when we talk when, when it comes up.
0: It becomes so needed, especially with patients who uh, want access or don't want access or doctors who want it. Anyway, we'll get into that. We'll
1: get into it <laughs> totally. And we've got four topics to cover today. So we're going to talk uh, initially about, you know, is access to records actually useful or useless for patients? That is sometimes a debate. Uh, then we'll move into talking about can the challenge of access actually be solved uh, then we'll dive into, you know, where are we in terms of the standards uh, for access and sharing information with patients or just within organizations? And then who should or shouldn't have access to medical records? Uh, those are the topics for today, John. Excellent. All right, so let's dive right in. Is access to records useful or useless for patients?
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I have such a combat answer, but... Here's the problem. Uh, you know, I, I, I think we all agree that patients should have access to their records. You know it, it's their right to have access to the records, and they should have access to it. And, and that's been a culture change that I think has been challenging for many in the healthcare systems that have been around for a long time because they look at it and say, "Well, why would you want access, or what's the purpose of your access, or what are you going to do with it, right? When some of it's fear, Uh, somewhat unfounded I think we've proven that out over many organizations who have given access to the records but some of it is just culture just for years they just don't understand why you would need it or why you'd want it and so you know we're butting up against these years of hey we just store the information and we'll take care of you and you don't need a word of worry about it and now we're having more access more patients that are interested in access because they want to be proactive in their healthcare. So, I guess I you know, I think fundamentally access is a right that patients should have and so we should do it whether it's useful or not. But then on the other side, the question is how useful is that that data? And I think many doctors who say you're not going to get any value out of accessing this data is true for a lot of patients. And I think it's true for a, a lot of patients who don't want to spend the time to understand what it means. But that doesn't mean because a lot of them it's not useful. We shouldn't do it for the pe- the patients that it is useful.
1: Huh. That's a interesting take. I mean, I'm going to take it from a slightly different angle and say that I think access to medical records with the current crop of technologies and the current methods of access is completely useless for most patients. I mean, it's just basically a data dump, it's stuff on a screen, it's a PDF, it's not really that useful. Uh, And for that reason, I think it's very useless uh, for most patients, except for the ones that are, you know, dealing with chronic conditions or who are having to, you know, shuttle between different uh, specialists who are not within the same system. You know, it's funny, I actually think that the need for access um, was really driven home or really came about because health systems had gotten so big. I mean, in the old days, mm-hmm. right, if you were just a single hospital with, you know, the the associative uh, family physician, you know, the records flowed pretty easily between the two. And, and it was okay that you as a patient didn't have access because, you know, it did work. But as systems got bigger and as you were sort of shuttled to say, okay, I got to go see this physician over here and I got to see this facility over here. And the hospitals didn't actually do the integration. Now the patient had to. And so I think nowadays, you know, access is critical because otherwise there's no way all the information goes between all of those people you need to see. So um, I think you know, I agree with you, John. I think it's uh, even though it might be useless because of either the technology and the way we're allowing for access, I still doesn't, it still doesn't absolve us from the fact that we should grant it.
0: But is it possible to make it useful? Like that's the, you know, I, I, and I shouldn't say possible because anything's possible. But is it reasonable to, to put it on the providers to say, hey, can you change this data into, you know, as one person in this, in, on, on the blog said when we were discussing this, How do you change data into information, right? So right now we're just giving them this data dump, but how do we get that so it's information that's actionable and useful for the patient? And is that a reasonable expectation for our providers to do?
1: Yeah, and you're absolutely right. I don't think in today's world it's reasonable to expect a provider or clinician to do this. But I could have said the same thing years ago with financial data, right? I mean, if you've looked at, if you dumped t- to me banking data way back in the day, other than my savings account balance, uh, <laughs> I probably wouldn't been able to make heads or tails of it. But over time, they realized, banks realized that hey, there's an advantage to having financial advisors, to having people whose sole job it is is to interpret these mountains of data. Like market data, uh, research data, your own, you know, uh, financial data, and interpret it and feed it back to you as a service. I don't think we're there yet in, in medicine. I'm not sure we'll ever be there. But but if we actually had access to all of the information, you could see that some, you know, entrepreneurs may decide, hey, there's a business model here where I could take all your data, interpret it for you, and feed it back in a more useful interpreted way.
0: Yeah, well, and I I actually love that we're even able to have this conversation today, because back in the paper world, there was a cost associated with sharing the data. And so very few people wanted to even incur the cost to be able to get the data. And now it's basically free to be able to share the data electronically and so because it's so inexpensive to share electronic we can have this discussion whereas 15 years ago 20 years ago we'd be like well yeah, sure. We'd share it, but you got to pay the copy cost. You got to pay the postage costs. And some people did. Um, but a lot of people said, forget it. I don't, don't need it that bad.
1: <laughs> well, actually that brings us to the next topic and it's a nice segue, John. So can actually the challenge of access be solved or has it been solved in your mind?
0: It certainly hasn't been solved. Uh, that, that, that's the easy question. <laughs> I, at least, uh, you know, when you hear all of these stories of patients that want access to their data and they're not able to get it or, or you know, people invoking HIPAA, I can't share that with you inappropriately most of the time. Uh, you know, I, I don't think we've solved it in any way, shape, or form. From the patient perspective, but also from the provider perspective, I don't think the providers have access to the information they would like to have from other organizations and you're right we've seen a proliferation of of care providers whether it's specialists whether it's surgery centers whether it's quick care whether it's retail care whether it's virtual care where you know that's growing huge in in telemedicine all of those areas now need to be integrated and it's a much uh, wider surface area that needs to be able to solve this problem so I don't think we're anywhere near it the question that you pose though is really interesting can it be solved uh, uh, my, my, my gut reaction on this is that in the current uh, reimbursement system it can't like we but you know so I, I don't think in our current reimbursement system there's the motivation to solve it and so I don't think it will be which means in my mind it can't be solved but that said could we do better than we're doing today And I think the answer to that is yes, we should solve in more ways, even if it's not going to be the perfect longitudinal record that always is where it needs to be, when it needs to be, with whatever provider it needs to be, across every system. Like That's unrealistic, but is it realistic that we do better than we're doing today? Absolutely
1: yeah i I agree with you, Dan. I think in the current environment, the way things are, the financial incentives, the structures that we have in place, the infrastructure, the lack of infrastructure that we have, I don't think the problem is solvable until one of these things changes. Uh, and at least one, anyways, I know we're trying to address the infrastructure we've got a lot of new standards, uh, whether it's h l seven fire or, or you know we've also got some legislation that's coming through to, to you know end information blocking to grant access or gain access but of course that that doesn't go as far as actually say, well, what's in the record like what what do you actually have <laughs> access to? Do I actually have access to the images? do I not? do I have access to the notes? do I not It's unclear so we are working towards it, but I would agree with you, in the current way that things are in the healthcare system, I can't see us solving this problem where we have that longitudinal record. I think we could get to the day where we can have access. I think the question then becomes, Is what do we do with it? Like, we're going to have to figure out some way to consolidate it. You know, just because I have access to seven different systems to get all my data doesn't really mean I have a, what I need. Sure. Right? So, this is
0: interesting, though. Like, because we're talking from a very U.S. perspective, which largely most of our discussions are are U.S.-based, but, you know, you live in Canada. Is this... Problem solved in Canada, or can it be solved in Canada? I mean, you, you're single payer, right? I mean, that's what Medicare for All wants—is is the Canadian system,
1: maybe uh, I, mean, I, think, <laughs> I, I think until a couple of weeks ago, I would have said the advantage that we have was, you know, we do have a single patient ID that you can identify you, so it's at least possible to gather and find <laughs> all your information a little bit easier. Um, but other than that, no, we, we have you know multiple systems and, and systems don't talk to each other and it's left up to the patient to really be the consolidator of all their health records. Um, you know, Wait, so the players. national
0: patient ID didn't just solve that uh, you know, <laughs> magically?
1: <laughs> no, it just made it possible to solve. It doesn't mean, actually mean it's solvable. Uh, we have the same thing where we have, well, I can get my claims data pretty easily, but that doesn't tell me the whole, uh, doesn't give me the whole picture.
0: That's interesting, though, to think that you can get the claims data. I mean, that that's a, that is one part of the picture that's important. That, that even in the U.S., we can't really solve. Uh, right. Interesting. Right. So no, I think so. I think
1: you know it'll be interesting because I think it, it ultimately it is possible to solve this problem of access. Um, I just think that that you know, once we get past the technology and the infrastructure hurdles, we then get into well, what kind of access do I need? Do I have the ability to update it? Do I, you know, do I have access to the full record? What parts are private? What parts are public? Who can I grant access? I mean, there's all of these challenges. I mean, we haven't even solved this in other industries, right? I mean, I, no. I can't really control who has access to my financial records. I mean, people can just do a query if I'm renting a place versus you know, I'm assigning for a credit card, right? Like. I really can't control it. So have too high of an expectation on the health side, you know, where we want to be able to dole that out as a patient to say, okay, I grant you access, but not you. Not sure. I mean but that's exciting actually to be in a spot where we can even start to talk about some of this stuff.
0: Yeah, but interoperability is a problem in, in, in so many industries uh, that don't want to work together, right? I mean, at, at the end of the day, that's the problem is when people finally decide, hey, we want to work together, we solve the problem. I mean, I think we saw that with the cell phone industry. They finally were pushed far enough that said, hey, I need to solve this problem or I'm going to get in trouble. And now I can swap a SIM card. I can move my phone number. I can, yeah, I can do all of those things without a problem. So I think that's part of the challenge. I think it's also worth uh, bringing up a perspective that probably, you know, for me is always inspired by, by our, you know, our our colleague, uh, Erin Gilmer, who many of you might know on Twitter. And she would bring up the challenge that, Hey, as a patient, I'm not sure I want interoperability. And, and and for her perspective is pretty unique. I think for most patients, we're like, yeah, share away. You know, if it's for my care, it's going to improve my care, go for it. But she has a very complex set of, uh, past history of uh, chronic conditions of of past abuse of past uh, you know bad experiences with the healthcare organizations and so and, and you know even with some mental health challenges as well and so when you look at a situation like that you know she doesn't want access to all of her health info to all of her doctors which I think goes to your point which is you know, hey, it's one thing to be able to have access. It's another thing to be able to in, in, uh, enable the patient to be able to decide who has access to what and when. And and that's a much larger goal that I think would fit Aaron's goal, which is, hey, yeah, I want certain people to have access to certain things, but there's certain, you know, some things I need to keep, you know, for my psychiatrist. And and that's where it gets super complicated. And we haven't even talked about kids. Like, forget about right. that. That's even more <laughs> challenging.
1: <laughs> Let's go on to the next topic. So where are we in terms of standards for access and sharing?
0: Oh, man, the standards part just kills me, right? Uh, it, <laughs> it, you know, the, the, it, it's just hard. Uh, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, we have some standards. We have CCD, which most patients say is useless, right? If you, if you get a CCDA document from your hospital health system, yeah, it's in a standard format that you can't do anything with right it's not it's not human readable really it's so full of bloat and uh, and uh, full of other stuff that's not useful to you that it just makes it useless in, a, in large respects so you know some people are, are using it and hopefully we'll layer on some systems on top of it that will pull out the nuggets of usefulness um, Fire has, uh, you know, more hope. I I think we're seeing some progress with fire, and I think we're seeing some access through fire that that is, uh, you know, giving us some hope. My my problem with fire is I'm not sure it scales to the full health data. Uh, You know, I think it will work in very targeted applications, similar to the way. uh, other interoperability technologies worked in the past. I mean, the ADT transactions, doing financial uh, transactions. I mean, there's companies sending millions and millions of interoperable transactions using ADT type of uh, technology that's been very successful. And so I, I think Fire will do the same for a certain set of clinical data, but it's not going to scale all the way to the full medical record. And my fear is, you know, kind of back to question two. Similarly, is is that even possible? Uh, you know, because the the uh, level of complexity in health data and the non-standard way that everyone documents, <laughs> even or you know doctors that were trained the same way, working at the same health system, still document so differently. Um, I'm not even sure it's possible, so uh, i yeah i don't I don't know where that leaves us standards wise
1: <laughs> yeah i I think uh, we are pretty far from a single standard uh, I think we have some interesting frameworks that are available like like h s on fire uh, but we've also got some older ones that just you know were equally uh you know fantastic when they were introduced but just have not gotten the traction um you know where where I'm interested in where this is going is you know of course we do have um laws now that that talk about information blocking and how you can't do that i actually think it's actually the market forces that are going to cause more of the sharing and more of the standard adoption versus the legislation and and the reason why i say that is because a lot of the new treatments uh, a lot of the new uh, ways that providers are, are organizing themselves you're gonna to have to be interoperable. You're gonna to have to be able to share data between multiple parties, right? Whether that's patient-generated data, whether that's with you know uh, someone who's slightly outside the network but, you know that you work with or that you're affiliated with, whether it's with a long-term care facility. I mean, we're getting to the point where, because of value-based care, you're gonna to have to play with other parties. And as healthcare gets more and more fragmented in terms of more and more specialized, um, you know, like for example, with with the new genomic medicine or personalized medicine, we're gonna have to figure this out because that's the only way that the care is actually gonna be provided, or that's the only way the information is gonna come. So I think we're going to get there quicker because of those market forces in terms of a useful standard as opposed to all this legislation and stuff and pushing by patients. I mean, it's great that we have a voice, but unfortunately I think, you know, the incentive is, is coming from really the other side.
0: Yeah, I still go back to something I thought about uh, many years ago, and it's like, well, if Epic and Cerner just said, here's the standard you can share with us, then we'd have a standard for for a lot of the healthcare system, right? Uh, so, I mean, I guess the, you know, there's something to that, right? And, and I agree with you that the market really should drive the standards because then it would be based on use cases that actually need to be implemented rather than some – pie-in-the-sky idea that, hey, we could solve all this problems with the standard. Right. I, I just don't think that's going to work, right? We need actual use cases where it makes sense for healthcare organizations to share, and then I think they'll, they'll I, I was, was going to say happily implement, but that might be a little <laughs> exaggerated. But they will implement, <laughs> happily <right>. or not. <laughs>
1: And that brings us to our, our fourth topic, John. So, who should or shouldn't have access to medical records?
0: Man, I, you know, some of this goes back to the discussion you know that Aaron brought up. You know, in in my view, you know, I, I'm an open guy, and you know, I, I kind of stole this from Brad Feld, this uh, venture capitalist in Boulder. And he said, I've kind of assumed that my privacy is gone. <laughs> he's uh, he's like, now I don't want to be, you know flippant, I don't want to be crazy about it, but I kind of come from, uh, you know, from the perspective, it's like, i just assume that everyone's going to have access to all my information and you know i just have to live my life that way and you know i think we can be careful and thoughtful but anyway that's my own personal take which i think many especially of the younger generation are taking a similar approach and so i think it's going to be interesting to see how that evolves from a a patient perspective and what they're okay with or not okay with yeah, I don't know. It's a challenging thing. Uh, you know, I think in the recent news, uh, seeing the company patients like me be acquired by an, uh, a payer, uh, United Healthcare, uh, is is interesting. And I see a lot of patients, and they're they're fearful of that, and for good reason. I mean, it's not like the payers have been really patient centric, right? <laughs> Especially with data uh, you know know, they they have to worry about their bottom line and and that's what they do Uh, that's what a publicly traded company does for good or bad and that's kind of maybe a topic for another discussion but um, yeah I mean I I, I think it's a challenging question but the, the real goal should be have the patient control it but is that realistic I'm not so sure
1: Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting concept, right? Um, If you centralize the control to anybody, whether it's a patient, which is probably the right person, or the most incented, uh, or whether it's a a third party like a payer or your provider, the problem is, of course, that with healthcare data, access can, what happens in an emergency situation? What if that person's not reachable? How do you grant access, right? Like it, it, it gets into some problems which don't exist in other industries, right? Where it's a life, in, literally a life and death situation. So it's interesting this whole notion of control versus knowledge, right? Like for me, I'm like you, I, I, I uh, agree that you know privacy is starting to be redefined, especially by the younger generation. But um, you know at least you know, I'd want to know who accessed my information. Maybe I can't control who but at least I'd want to know, oh, look, a drug company got access to your, you know, is using your information for a study. Your insurance company is using it for this reason, or, you know, this other, you know, your physician needed it for this. And, and having, uh, you know, whether it's a blockchain ledger or some other thing that tracks it, it would be uh, beneficial for me to know, oh, this is what my information is being used. Or at least I know who, it, who has access. But in terms of who shouldn't have access, I think most people would go, look, as long as there is a fair trade, you're accessing my information and I'm getting something in return or society is getting something in return, then I think most people would be okay with that. You know, if my data is accessed for a study on cancer, or is it being accessed for a study on on, on something related to, um, a, a, you know, some other medication, I think I'd be all right with that. Um, but if it's used to, you know, for my my employer to uh, use it against me, then I probably wouldn't be okay with that. Um, but anyway, it start for me. It starts with more of who. It's not so much who should or shouldn't have access. It's really more how can I know who has been accessing my records.
0: Mm-hmm. That, that's a beautiful way to describe it. The only challenge is that, that that's more art than it is science, right? As far as, you know, the value exchange that happens. Uh, and, and a lot of that has to do with perspective as much as it has to do with reality. And, uh, and businesses are really good at abusing that principle. Uh, and that, that's, I think, one of the challenges uh, that, that comes up. Uh, yeah, I, I think doctors, when they look at it, uh, you know, I, I've heard this from a, uh, some other perspectives. so I'm applying it in kind of a different way. But I think they're fine. Like, hey, don't give us access to your information, but also don't hold us liable when we don't give you the care that you want. Right. So, you know, I, I think there's an interesting balance there, especially in the litigious uh, U.S. Uh, framework that uh, doctors are like. I don't necessarily need your information, but don't hold me liable when you had information that could have helped me treat you better and I didn't give you the treatment you you deserved and that you needed uh, because you you withheld the information from me or I didn't have access to it. So, you know, there are are some tricky frameworks there from a legal perspective as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, the whole legal side is… Something we can debate with our friends, you know, Matt and Dave. Any, you know, to, to ad nauseum. It's such an interesting area, confusing, frankly. But, but, um, but, yeah. I, for me, again, I go back to. For me, it starts with. Look, I'm not sure we can. We're at even the point of being able to control. But at least let's get to the point of knowing who. Um, yeah. And I think that's where most of the fear comes from. Is is not so much, you know, I want control. It's really more I fear who has access and who's who's looking at this stuff that I have no knowledge of. Uh, And, you know, of course, once we get there, then we can start dealing with the, okay, well, how do they get access, how do I prevent that access, and so forth. So, in terms of who should or shouldn't, I think most people would be okay with, funny enough, I think payers, as long as there was some benefit to the patients, um, you know, whether that through treatment plans or better credit coordination. I think the bigger fear is more around employers and uh, drug companies, you know, uh, being able to target ads, sort of in the annoying side, but also employers just in terms of, you know, not, from, you know, whether it's just really promotion or, yeah, you know, uh, you're next up on the pink slips. I mean, it's just You know, there's a lot of potential problems right there.
0: Well, and we see the U.S. government is putting out a consumer health data law or they're considering it. There's been bills that have started. So, you know, if we don't get our hands around it, I think the government's going to get their hands around it. And I'm not sure that's a good outcome.
1: And that, John, brings us to the end of another episode. So thanks to all of you who tuned in today to this episode of Healthcare IT Today. Find out more details about our show. Just check out the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com. And share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com or on Twitter using the hashtag #hitsm. I'm Colin Hung with my friend and health IT collaborator John Lynn. Thanks for listening and have a great week.